the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Links and Locks podcast, the DFS edition. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Lynn Hockberg from Roto-Wire. We're going to take you through our favorite DFS plays for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial from top to bottom. But first, Lynn, let's review this major championship that we just got past. I'm not going to lie, for much of the three and a half days, and I was out there in Tulsa at Southern Hills, Lynn, and it was not the most exciting major championship that we've ever seen. The end was really good, and the end is what matters, and the end is what we will remember. Justin Thomas beating Will Zalatoris in a playoff, Vito Pereira blowing it on 18, making a double bogey. Your reaction to everything? I tweeted something out about halfway through the Sunday round where I go, you know, I have to be honest, this is just not a very exciting thing. The top four guys on the leaderboard were still the top four guys on the leaderboard. They might have moved a little bit, but there really had not been a lot of action in terms of where the scores were going and where the golfers were going. And then like five minutes later, here comes Justin Thomas on the outside. Huh. Then it got very exciting. But you're right. We'll watch these guys, Alatoris, Pereira. They're not the most exciting guys for the everyday golf crowd. There weren't stars there, none of the winners. But it did have a good finish, and Justin Thomas won. And if you're not Mito Pereira, you'll probably have fond memories of a fun PGA. Are you saying Justin Thomas was like Rich Strike? coming down the stretch. I don't think he was as much of a long shot though. I don't, I don't know that we could have gotten Not what, 80 to one on Justin Thomas this past week, but yeah, he was fantastic. I can't remember exactly what we said about him here on the pod last week. I didn't dislike him by any means, but there were a couple of other superstars that I liked just a little bit better. Nothing surprised me when it comes to JT though. He is just that talented, that good. And I would expect to see him up there. A few more majors very soon, maybe even starting next month at Brookline as we move towards the U.S. Open. But let's get into this week, Charles Schwab Challenge. And look, if we're going to have a week, at least for me personally, Len, and I know it's a long week for you and a major championship as well, but for me coming off a major and I'm writing, my preview had a Tulsa Dateline on it. I was still back at the PGA, still back at Southern Hills while I was working on my preview content for this coming week. And so having a course that's been in rotation longer than any of these guys have been alive, longer than their parents have been alive. At least that helps. we got plenty of data. We know specific players that play well here year in, year out. We know what type of golf course this is just over 7,200 yards, par 70 colonial short tight. What else are you looking at as far as game theory this week, Len? We continue with the Perry Maxwell swing mm. uh, at the PGA Tour. Also, he was busy in 1936. This is also 1936, just like Southern Hills. And I read your quote from uh, you quoting Jordan Spieth that there are similarities, but Southern Hills is like colonial on steroids. So, yeah, we take the steroids away this week. We have a tight track. Colonial likes to choke off the longer hitters, dog legs, trees. You have to get the ball in the fairway, only 7,200 yards. It's a different kind of animal this week. One thing that I'm looking at is experience. I think that Colonial is one of the courses where if you haven't played it before, you're at a bit of a disadvantage. About three quarters of the field has played this course before. Most of the big names have played it. And also the older guys, 18 of the last 20 winners have been at least 30 years old. 
it sort of speaks to a bygone era of not bombing and gouging, of really knowing how to play a golf course strategically. Uh, the two exceptions, Berger and Spieth in the last five or six years. But really, we're just looking at accuracy, greens and regulations. I might de-emphasize strokes gained around the green this week, if you can get it on the green in regulation. And that lets some other guys into play who might have had trouble last week. I like that. And as far as that comparison between Southern Hills and Colonial, I'm looking at players who hit the ball well, at least on the weekend last week. I don't need guys that were in serious contention. I don't need to go after Justin Thomas and Will Zalatoris and Mito Pereira, each of whom, as of right now, we're speaking Monday evening, each of them are still in the field. But I don't need to go after the guys that were in serious contention. But there are a lot of players I'm going after who had very good ball striking metrics on the weekend, and I'm hoping for that to carry over to this week as well. So looking at the top of the board, Scotty Scheffler still sitting there at 11-2. He is the number one player in the world still, coming off a miscut last week. Hmm, all of a sudden we went from Scotty Scheffler, he can't lose, to Scotty Scheffler. Okay, just, all right, we took a little step back. All right, it doesn't mean that much, but just throwing it out there. Justin Thomas, he of the major championship win this past week. Look, most of the times I'd say just a guy won a major a few days earlier. Fade, fade, fade. JT is one of those guys who you could almost see just stepping on the gas pedal and going, hey, that felt pretty good. Let me go win this again. I could absolutely see it this week. Colin Morikawa, very interesting on this golf course. I like him a lot. 10-7. Jordan Spieth has been unbelievable on this course. One win and three runner-up finishes, seven top tens in nine starts. Can't believe Jordan Spieth has nine starts anywhere in his career yet. He's at 10-4. <laughs> Will Zalatoris, as I mentioned, off that Runner-up, playoff loss, really didn't do much wrong in the playoff. He just got beat by Justin Thomas. He's at 10-1, and Victor Hovland rounds out the five-digit crew at 10,000. What are you looking at? Yeah, this is hard. This is hard. They really all do look good in a way. Maybe the differential for me would be to stay away from the very high-priced guys. I'm going to start with Colin Morikawa, and Colin Morikawa has not had a great year, but this course will reward his best skills, and he's still a very good iron player. He at 10-7, and Victor Hovland at 10,000, their biggest shortcoming is around the green. I think they can both get away without that skill set this week. I like both of them, and it's hard not to like Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Colin Morikawa is the guy that I'm looking at right here. I've got him for a top five this week, and so obviously I like him in DFS as well. Hasn't played his best golf, but the ball striking numbers were really good on the weekend at Southern Hills. Jordan Spieth. Hard not to like him. I mentioned all the good things he's done there. He might be a million percent owned this week. So if you're looking to go contrarian, it might be stay off Jordan this week, especially with the narrative of coming off a disappointing major championship appearance. Just a month ago, he missed the cut at the Masters and won at the RBC Heritage the very next week. I think that people are going to be looking very carefully at that, saying, huh, now he didn't have a great PGA, but he goes to a place that he likes right afterwards could be a similar result. So I like Jordan. It's just, it might be very chalky. And then I will say it kind of breaks my Cardinal rule Len, the week after a major championship, but Will Zalator is only 25 years old. He didn't seem like he was too unnerved about losing in a playoff. Some guys be bawling their eyes out. And, oh man, this is my big chance. And Will's like, oh man, yeah, that was, that was cool though. All right. I'll see you next week. And nothing seems to phase this kid. He's a really good ball striker. I put on Twitter. I didn't mean for this to be a prediction, but I put on Twitter Sunday night. Hey, this kid's going to win multiple 
major championships. I mean, this is, he's not done. All he needs to do is pick up half a stroke around, make one more putt every two days. That would have won him two major championships already. And so he is not that far off. He's been better than Colin Morikawa or Justin Thomas so far this season. So again, it breaks my rule of if a guy's in contention in a major, don't take him the week after. But Will Zalatoris breaks a lot of rules in this game right now. So I don't necessarily mind going after him. All right, the 9,000s, not too many guys in the 9,000s this week. It's a shorter group than we usually have. Sam Burns, 9,700, followed by Max Oma, Abraham Answer, Sungjae Im coming off covid Tony Finau and Daniel Berger. Where are you going with those? One of the things I'm looking at this week, you know, there are a lot of short par fours. There are eight of them under 450, and there are about half of those are like 408, 407, and under. So I sort of looked at both categories, par four efficiency, 350 to 400, 400 to 450. There are four guys in the field in the top 25 of both of those. One of them, uh, Spieth, who we mentioned, and two more in the 9,000s, Sam Burns and Daniel Berger. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but the fourth guy is Justin Rose. So Burns has not been great this year, although he has a win and he was 20th at the PGA, but he's also missed five of 10 cuts. But I do like him this week. Daniel Berger's been very quiet. He won here a couple of years ago. He was 20th last year, I think. He's had a couple of top 10s, a few top 25s, but we're not ever thinking of him on a Sunday in the mix. I think this might be his week. And even Abraham answer at 93, his big miss on the golf course is the wedge around the greens, 200 something in strokes gained around the green. He can get away with that this week. And he's coming off a very good week last week, of course. I don't hate any of these guys, Len, but this feels like a very fady group to me. My roster construction, I think for a lot of my lineups will be go after one of those big guys, the Morikawa or Spieth or even Zalatoris maybe even a Thomas in a lineup or two, and then look at guys in the 8,000s and 7,000s and get five players from that range to fill in the rest of the spots. I just don't see myself paying up for these 9,000 guys because I don't like them as much as I like some of the guys that are just below them that we're going to talk about in a minute, or I, I like them just as much, but I can save money with the other players. Abraham Answer, interesting, coming off a ninth place finish at the PGA. He didn't have a top 30 in a PGA Tour stroke play event all year until then. So I'm not sure if it's, hey, let's get all in on answer. Is he peaking at the right time? Or uh, was that just the big one there? And now we're hitting the down part of that roller coaster. So I don't know about that. Daniel Berger is a guy that just, he was 13 over through two rounds at the PGA. It was more putting than ball striking. And I get it. He can certainly turn things around at Colonial, but I just don't like the sound of that very much. Max Homa is a guy that on any given week, Max Homa can play some really good golf. And he usually does. He's maybe my favorite play for this week out of that crew, but it's pretty much a fade yeah. for me. Tony Finau was runner up three years ago. He's not playing his best golf right now. Sung JM coming off COVID. Maybe if we have a little pre-tournament quote sheet from Sung Jay and he said, ah, you know, asymptomatic, no big deal. I've been practicing. I'm fine. Maybe get off to Sungjae a little bit, but other than just being contrarian, I don't think I'll play him. Just wait and see coming off of that. All right, let's get down to the 8,000s. Gooch, Fleetwood, Webb, Mito, Horschel, Riley, DeChambeau, hey. Kokrak, Kevin Nahan, Bubba, round that out. Some very, very eclectic names in there. Who are you looking at? There are a few guys in this range that you just mentioned who have not played this course before. Fleetwood, Riley at 8,400, Pereira, who 
I think we could stay away from for a bunch of reasons this week. Uh, I wouldn't be able to get out of bed, but kudos to him for showing up. That's really a thing for me. Colonial really does help if you've played this course before. It's kind of surprising that Fleetwood has never played it before. Philly Horschel at 8,500. He's made the cut all four times here. He was 21st at the Heritage, which is another short track in the same mold where a technical, you've got to work your way around. Of course, uh, he hasn't missed a cut all year. Kevin Na, $8,100. He's won here. He's an all or nothing guy. Has some good years here. Has some bad years here. I don't know who else I'm liking here, to tell you the truth. But like a bunch of guys right below 8,000. So yeah. why don't you uh, have at it? Yeah, I'm with you. I think we're going to have a, a lot of the same guys right below 8,000. But uh, going up and down the list, Taylor Gooch, if you look at his last, what, seven results, it's on, off, on, off, on, off. The pattern says this is an off week. I love the kid. I, I think he's a really good ball striker. Wait to see a little bit more from him, a little bit more consistency. Tommy Fleetwood, like you mentioned, hasn't played this golf course. I'm very intrigued by Tommy Fleetwood. This could be a very good golf course. When you said, you know, players that haven't played, there are three names on my list. Two of them you just mentioned here, Fleetwood and Davis Riley. Could be a really good course for both of those guys. So I will have a little investment on each of them. Webb Simpson finally got things going a little bit last week. Um, the result wasn't great, but a 20th place finish. That's his best of the entire year. That's the best of 2022 so far. Again, you're trying to get these guys on an uptick. So you wonder if it's a one and done situation or not. Uh, Billy Horschel's a guy that I really liked last week. He really let me down. I might go back to it just because if I don't, I'll be kicking myself mm. for letting him go and just missing him by a week. And other than that, uh, Kevin Na. Really like Kevin Na this week. Like you said, past champion at this one. And Kevin just seems to play well every single week. He's a gritty grinder, high floor, just shows up. If you look at his last four starts, 23rd last week, 42nd, 26th, 14th, it's there. For a guy who's 8,100, like, We've got the win equity, plus we've got the high floor. I think it's a really nice play on Kevin Na this week. All right. You mentioned that just below 8,000, there's a lot of guys you like. Let's see how many we both like from this range. I've seen a lot of people like Gary Woodland at 79. Yeah. Brian Harmon, I know you like him at 78. Chris Kirk is also 79. Yep. Uh, Justin Rose is yep. 77. They're all right in the sweet spot where they can fit into just about any lineup. And they all have a lot to offer this week, either in course history and or, you know, the skill set. And if we're going to do all the sevens, I'm going to go all the way down to 7,400 to Kevin Kisner. Seems yeah. like every week that I like Kevin Na, I like Kevin Kisner. Kisner, same name, short courses. He was fourth at the players, which is sort of a short course, at least by uh, today's standards. I think we might be able to get a good price on Kevin Kisner. He's missed his last three cuts. I don't think that's uh, anything to concern ourselves with long-term. I'm with you on all that stuff, Len. I completely agree. In fact, that was the first lineup I put in. And I always <laughs> like to put in one lineup as soon as I see it. Okay, boom, let's go. And it was Morikawa at the top and then fill in the rest of the spaces with all these guys that are kind of right there, Woodland, Kirk, Harmon, Rose, really like all those guys. Two names you didn't mention, Christian Bezadenhut. I think this could be a good course for him, really good short game. Maverick McNeely plays some of his best golf on short courses. He's done it on Pebble. He's done it at Harbortown. This could be a good one. Kisner, I agree. Kisner is going to be another guy that's a million percent owned this week. I just don't know that Kisner is a contrarian play, but I think it's a good price for him. Ryan Palmer, this is his home course. He's played this tournament 18 times before. Nobody knows Colonial better than 
Ryan Palmer. Matthew Neesmith, I like a lot. I haven't seen the updated leaderboard, but Matthew Neesmith was playing a 36-hole U.S. Open sectional qualifier. Last time I checked, he was leading that. And so I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It means he's playing well, but it also means he's playing a lot. And 36 holes on a Monday isn't necessarily the best way to prepare for a guy that you want to be up there on the leaderboard come Sunday, but I don't mind that. And then two more names at the end of this uh, 7,000s. Teammates from the Zura Classic and very similar players, Aaron Rye and David Lipsky. I think both of them have skill sets that fit really well. I'm actually a little surprised that Rye is more expensive than Lipsky. Lipsky might be the better play and he's in a little bit better form this week. Anybody sub 7,000, that you're looking at. I know you usually pick out some guy who's like below 6,500 that you really like. I'm looking for it, Len. I'm not sure I have it this week. I should have said this up at the top as I normally do. We only have 120 in this field, so 65 in ties. So a lot of guys are going to make the cut, more than 55%, maybe more, depending. So a lot of these 6,000s are going to make it. And very often we look at the stats of these guys and they're going to be terrible because they're $6,000 guys. One of the reasons that they are poor statistically is because they're shorter hitters. Some of these guys are shorter hitters. If you hit the ball and you're 30 yards back or 40 or 50 yards back, you're behind the eight ball right there. Every hole is going to be harder. That's not going to be the case this week. Few guys, Adam Long, 6,900. Top 20, two of the past uh, three years at this course. He's had its moments this year. Kevin Streelman, 6,800. Sixth in driving accuracy. Uh, He's made five of his last seven cuts. And I know I've mentioned this guy on shorter courses a bunch, Tyler Duncan. He was 12th at the Heritage, 10th in driving accuracy, 40th in greens and regulation. I'll throw one more name out because I don't know why he is this low, but Robert Streb is 6,000. I mean, 63, 64. I don't know why he's down there with the sponsor exemption. Great course for him. Yeah. I mean, he's made six straight cuts at this course. I mean, if you've got no money left and you have 6,000 or 6,100, I don't know why he is that low. I agree with a lot of that, Len. Um, There are more players in the 6,000s than I initially thought that I would like. So Denny McCarthy, I'll throw out there 6,800. I will throw out Grayson Sig, who just got into the field either Sunday night or early Monday morning. He's at 65. And then talk about mispriced, Kurt Kitayama, who's really come on strong lately. He's got two top three finishes in his last, what, six, seven starts. The guy's really good. For 6,400, he's been a bit all or nothing, but I like the fact that there is that upside on Kitayama. And then I'll just throw out the fact that it's called the Charles Schwab Challenge. And Matthias Schwab is in the field. <laughs> the headlines write themselves, Len. I mean, if you want to take a guy who's named Schwab at the Schwab, you could probably do a lot worse than that. Uncle Chuck, can you get me in the <laughs> tournament? Kitayama, by the way, also very high up on the leaderboard today in Dallas. Looks like he's going to qualify for the U.S. Open. I may have him at 6,400 for my U.S. Open DFS team as well. We'll get to that in a month. But first, let's make our team for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge or Matthias Schwab Challenge. As it might be. Kick it off for us, Len. There's so many ways to go here, but I'm going to go right in our little sweet spot. Justin Rose, 7,700. He's one of the four guys. He plays the shorter par fours very well. There are eight of them on this course. He's coming off a pretty good week last week. You know, I think he can still get it done on certain tracks. Justin Rose, 7,700. I'm going to go Brian Harmon, who's a guy that's got three top tens, Six top 25s and nine career starts here. It's a great course for Brian Harmon. Plus the fact that he led the field in strokes gained approach shots on Sunday at Southern Hills. 
He made a ton of birdies on the weekend, just made too many bogeys. He's not going to make those mistakes at Colonial. So I just love the fact that he's putting up the red numbers out there. I'm going to go up high here. Last week, somebody mentioned Brooks Kepka, and they said, you know, he's still Brooks Kepka. And I go, yeah, but if he has another bad week, at some point, he's not going to be Brooks Kepka anymore. And Colin Morikawa is still Colin Morikawa. We'll revisit this on Sunday, but all seriousness, this course should set up very nice for him. I don't think he's been playing a lot, so he's playing second week in a row, which I like, and he could be our big Orca 10,700. I absolutely love that. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, this is essentially the roster construction that I've started my lineups with, which is Morikawa or Spieth at the top, and then fill in with a bunch of high 70s, low 80s guys that I think it's a smart play. Look at another guy in that range. A few different ways to go. Chris Kirk was really good the other day. Chris Kirk almost was too good this past weekend. Finished a share of fifth place and almost got me thinking, first of all, he's going to be too highly owned because people are going to look at that. Secondly, I thought the price might be a little too high. 7,900's not bad. I like Chris Kirk. Look at Gary Woodland too. Even though this is a shorter golf course, we've seen guys like, Finau, three years ago, was runner-up. Jason Kokrak was our champion last year. Gary Woodland's a very similar player to those guys in that he hits it a long way, but he doesn't need to hit it a long way. If you give him a 380-yard par four, he'll knock a five iron down the fairway and attack it with more precision instead of power. And so I like Woodland. I like Kirk. Who do you like better out of those two, Len? Everyone's on Gary Woodland. So I'm wary of Gary Woodland because everybody okay. likes him. Let's go Chris Kirk. I just need a little tiebreaker there because I like both <laughs> those guys. But I might wind up getting the other guy uh, as we continue. All right, we've got 15-9 left, 79.50 per man. I'm going to go way down low to my guy who, uh, Tyler Duncan, 6,300. He didn't just make the cut at the Heritage. He was 12th. He can compete at these courses that are short. He just needs a lot of them and he doesn't get enough of them. He's not going to be highly owned for sure. He's outside the top 400 in the world, but he's only $6,300. Gosh, Max Homa is really good. Max Homa won the Wells Fargo, came back to the PGA. He never finished inside the top 40 in the PGA, finished 13th this past week. I can absolutely see him just being wiped, but he's really good. I'm going to lock that in. Tyler Duncan, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Chris Kirk, Colin Morikawa, Justin Rose. There's the lineup. Thanks to everybody out there for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, listen to us every single week. And yes, rate us as well. For Len Hochberg, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all of your DFS lineups for this week's Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. Just hoping you guys hit the green.